Hello, everyone. We are back with another episode of the Young Foolish Podcast, and、uh, this week it's Lorenzo and me, Raymond, once again, just out there grinding. He'd be working hard, you know. I was texting him, and、yes, one、sir. of these days he was working a eleven-hour shift. So, man, so、uh, yeah, oh. Yeah. I don't know, man. But he's like,、even? I'm working from noon、oh、to、uh, 11 p.m. I was like, damn, bro, what? I know. So that's insane. Yeah, man, man's really out there putting、I、in the work. That's not good. How often is he doing that? I don't know his schedule.、Yeah. I have no idea, man. But yeah, it, it's hard. Well, we'll try to get him on. You know, try to get our、uh, co-host back at ASAP. Find a time that works for all of us. But I just gotta say, I'm、uh, pretty, pretty busy myself. So. It could be tough.、Mm-hmm. It could be tough. Anyway, we are、yeah. back with the episode. I know that we are a little bit behind our、uh, weekly schedule, and、uh, we'll try to make up for that as well. But the topic for this week, I am actually surprising Lorenzo with the topic on the spot. So it'll be interesting to see what he says. But it is something that has、All、been、right. on the list <laughs> for for a very long time, and perhaps in the past I have written a, a blog post about it. I'm not sure. It, it's been it's been quite a few months since I've written any blog post, but yeah,、um, essentially, it is my perspective on interpersonal relationships. It is my approach when it comes to that,、uh-huh. and I think there's some. You're coming out.、What? Let me、no. guess. You're coming out. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> If that's the first place you、like... went, maybe、uh, that says something about you, Lorenzo. <laughs> Are you trying to say、sure、something、off. here? All right. No, I see. Sir,、uh, I see that it's still close behind you. I can see visually. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but、uh, it is my approach, and I think even if you disagree with me, there are some interesting points. To at least discuss about.、Mm-hmm. So, I am gonna name this episode. Nobody owes anyone anything, right? So, really, what what I'm talking about、mm-hmm. here, at least for me, right? People could disagree, of course, and you know, some people might hear this. And actually、Is、agree it, with me and benefit from okay, from my approach. So essentially. You're prefacing this a lot.、Uh, is this? Am I? Should I expect this to、I、be like、know. a hot take? You, you、no? can make up your mind, but I'm just trying to、uh, build up some suspense for you. Why is he gonna say? <laughs>、um, it is working. But, it's know, working. In any kind of situation, whether it's like you know, just a, someone I'm associated with, we're actual friends. When I do something for them,、mm-hmm. I don't actually, you know, I don't expect anything re- in return, right? I, anything I do, I'm happy、yeah. to put in the effort and do that without any expectation of anything in return. And in the same way, when someone does anything for me, they did it for me, and I have I feel no no obligation. no obligation. I feel absolutely nothing、okay. uh, like that. That would make me be like, oh yeah, I owe them, right? Nothing like that. You did this for me because you wanted to for whatever、mm-hmm. reason. And I owe you nothing. When I do something for you, I have my reason for doing that. I'm happy to do it. You don't owe me anything, right? So that is the general gist、mm-hmm. of it, which is something that I think a lot of people don't quite feel the same about. But I will also say that even with this said, these interactions, these 
experiences together, they build relationships, right? And you could like someone more because of mm-hmm. it. You could have a deeper connection with someone because of it. And for all of those reasons, it will increase the chance on both sides to do something for someone, even when they feel like they don't owe the other person anything. Like if I actually like you, I'm more likely to do something for you. That is not that surprising, but I don't feel mm-hmm. any obligation to do that, like whatever for you. And I don't feel like I owe you anything if you do something for me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I track that logic. That all makes sense. Mm. My, my first question is, um, how nuanced is this? Because I feel like that, obviously, in certain contexts, that wouldn't hold Are up. Are you talking right? about legal context? Like, if I saved your life. Uh, not legal context, but like, let's say, I, I, I don't know, let's say I took a bullet for you. Wouldn't you feel like you owed me a little bit? Like, I'm paralyzed for life. You wouldn't pay me a little bit of money or something? I'd do something? I don't know. I you wouldn't I mean? feel... Or let's pretend let's pretend it was a random stranger. Let's pretend it was a random okay. stranger. It wasn't your buddy Lorenzo. They take a bullet for you. I wouldn't, you wouldn't do anything. Feel like I owe them anything. I wouldn't feel obligated to do anything for them. Right. Okay, but you Perhaps. would feel moved to do that. Perhaps. I think it would have to be even more specific mm-hmm. on okay. uh, on what the situation actually is. Right. <laughs> it's like it's like it's bad, man. Like everything from like chest down paralyzed well i mean honestly man like a, a part of it is also like why 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 do you do that you know <laughs> if you're a complete stranger you just do that you know like i'll be thankful it's likely i might do something but at the same time like hey, maybe I, I wouldn't yeah, feel i owe them anything like like uh, okay okay you know what it's actually that was a good and the thing is like I would I like actually be quite interested to to ask them like hey yo why did you do that <laughs> you don't even know me yeah. bro what the fuck <laughs> but yeah that, that uh, and depending <laughs> on how that interaction <laughs> go you know maybe maybe I would do something for them but just out of that alone mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't I just really don't think I would feel the, the obligation to do something in return mm-hmm okay do you, do you, do you ever feel like you have an obligation to uh, somebody in, beyond maybe like promises that you make or something like that? I mean, outside of like promises I make, outside of like anything like straight up like legal contract, you know, out of those kind of either, uh, because like a legal contract mm-hmm. is almost like, like a promise. Like maybe you're not as serious about it, like yeah. within yourself. But then, like, legally, there are consequences. So it kind of balances some stuff out, yeah. right? Whereas, like, straight-up promises, it's just, like, it's very kind of personal, right? So in, in both of those senses, even though they're mm-hmm. different, I, I would, right? Because, um, you know, it's, it's agreed upon beforehand. It's an it's a exchange, straight up, right? Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, I just, okay. like... Uh, there could be situations where I definitely feel, uh, you know, like I want to do something for someone because how much I like them or, or whatever. But that isn't the same as like they did something for me and I feel like I owe them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Like, bro, if you want to buy me dinner, you know, if if you want to do that, you could do it. I, I don't feel like I owe you, right? So if you want to keep buying me dinner, you know, that, that's mm, chill. That's on you. Like, hey, are you sure you want to do this? Like, we don't have to do this. I can pay. Wait, when was the Pardon last me? time I bought you dinner? That's what I didn't. I paid for dinner. I don't know. Maybe once. I don't know. Maybe a long time. Maybe a like ago. quite a while ago, but not a common thing. Yeah. yeah and at the same time, yeah. like sometimes maybe I just it's feel like. For whatever reason, buying someone dinner, that's chill. Like, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, nice little gesture. So. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing, when you first brought it up, it reminds me mostly of, um, I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with it, reciprocal altruism mm-hmm. and that idea, right? Which is interesting because I remember in like my first year bio course when they were describing it. Um, and I mean, this might be a bit of an exaggeration, but. Almost in a way it might not be. Um, but it's like, oh, there's no actual altruism in right. nature, if you really think about it. In most examples, like the vast majority of examples, it's always either like reciprocal altruism or like or like helping out your family mm-hmm. members some way, which is like in a way helping yourself. And we did a whole episode right? on that, like uh, the episode that we so, did yeah. that I called, mm-hmm. um, what do I call them? Everything you do is for yourself in brackets to some degree right because uh mm-hmm. in in some way you are getting something out of it in some way you have some level of desire to do that and all of that feeds back into you because it's your desire right so <laughs> uh exactly exactly so, yeah mm-hmm. i guess it's just right, the way you think right, about it really yeah. for the um, most part when yeah. it comes to like the biological sense mm-hmm. when you talk about altruism or anything like that a lot of that relates to fitness right you're talking about actual survival and the ability to pass on your genes mm-hmm. so uh you know to to reproduce and stuff like that so in that sense you're taking out a lot of the more emotional and just i don't know interpersonal benefits that 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 you might get out of something like that right so uh like in, in the episode I mentioned, a big part of what I was saying was a lot of times they'll do something to stay true to the self image that they have. Right. They they uh mm-hmm. yeah. might have Just, a yeah, a consistent like a thing. Consistency, consistency thing, yeah. thing for sure. So like uh on top of that, they might wanna do something because they feel like, oh, I want to be a quote-unquote good person or a quote-unquote good friend, son, parent, co-worker, whatever kind of relationship they have. Like they have an idea of what that is to be good uh, at that kind of relationship and they, for whatever reason, desire to be a good whatever right and because they have that desire and they want to match Mm -hmm. that type of image that they have in their head doing anything to fulfill that is to fulfill their their own desire in that sense and therefore they're getting something out of it and therefore they're not it's not completely Mm -hmm. for the other person because it's to some degree for themselves but in a biological sense right you're not so much talking about that because those things aren't really um, about survival. 
directly always. Like in some cases it could be, but these things are much mm -hmm. more with uh, a per personal fulfillment as opposed to survival or reproduction that people would, would, would use these terms to mm -hmm. talk about in biology. Mm-hmm, I see. Interesting. Get, he got me thinking a little bit like game mm -hmm. theory and like the strategies people take because it made so much sense to me that people with your approach would pop up where it's like they recognize mm -hmm. the system kind of. So they're, they're like okay with receiving but they don't feel they, they don't act like the majority of people in the sense that well, I don't know about the majority of people but um, as opposed to the kind of like i guess default mode that we're talking about almost which is right what i imagine it to be which is like most people do feel kind of like a sense of obligation like oh mm -hmm. they did something nice for me or something like you know um the classic mm -hmm. like if there's two doors right like if right. You, you know the double doors it's like you walk through a set of doors and then there's another set of okay. doors for like air control or whatever so like somebody will hold the first door open for you do you hold the next door right. open for them so and then if they don't hold the door for uh -huh. you that first door for you I mean, I guess you wouldn't get around to holding the second door for them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know I'm I mean? just used to holding doors. Or we just uh, walk right I, through. I like huh? holding doors open for people in general. <laughs> you know, like, like that's just something I oh, do. Oh, there you go. But there's some people that would do it. There's some people like, that would like do I'm it. I'm not you know? just going to hold the door open for you because you held it open for me. Like, I would hold the door open for someone because that is something that I just do, given that they are within a certain distance. Right, but if I mm, know you okay. and you're coming from a distance, I would want to wait for you. The same thing, like if I see you across the street and I know we're going to the same location, and I know you. I have a you know I have a desire to wait for you to cross yeah. the street and then walk together towards our shared destination, right? Mm -hmm. But like, I Instead don't yourself, yeah. feel any obligation to do that. I don't feel like I owe you to do that. You know, if, if I just went straight ahead, I wouldn't feel bad about that. You know, like it's, it's not, it's not that, mm -hmm. you know, serious in that type of situation. It's something, it's, it's something like more serious with, mm -hmm. with harsher consequences. I might, you know, uh, you know, I might feel bad if I, I did something like that because we have an existing relationship, right? And you just don't really want to be mm -hmm. doing someone dirt, right? So, so you know, like, it's yeah. not so much like, oh, I owe them where, like, there's obligation to do that. But, like, there is, like, okay, to stay true as who I am and based on how I feel about them, I, I'm not going to do them dirt, you know? I Wait a second. Right. Hold on, hold on, Georgia. So would you not say that, right. that to achieve that, that to achieve that desire, that's an obligation? Uh, I, that's that's going to be true in in every everything in my life, you know. So, so yes, that's true. I, I would say that but I would say that is very general as opposed to like with this. Right. There, there's more to that than, than just okay. applying to the situation. And yeah. There's always an obligation to myself to stay true to my self-image and to do the things that's going to make me feel how I want to feel, right? Like, like 
that is mm-hmm. the whole point of that's that's kind of the whole point of doing anything I just like bro <laughs> yeah. if it's not that just like what am I even doing <laughs> if, it, if I don't get anything out of it if it's not gonna make me feel how I want to feel just like why am I putting in the time and effort to do it at all right if it, there's a disconnect with how I feel mm-hmm. uh, you know hey that's that's not who I am that's not what I do that's not how I live then I'm not gonna do it right so with the statement you said yes there's mm-hmm. there's an obligation to myself to to do that very interesting so you know if i um didn't care about doing people dirt then there wouldn't be any obligation regardless mm, okay so I understand, in, yeah. i give it's it's a separate thing than what we're talking about with someone doing something for you and you doing something for them. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. How do that you feel sense. about this? When do you, I'm, I'm yeah. how do like I how, feel about how, this? How, well, what's your approach when it comes to that? Do you, That's a dude that there you go, man. You just said it right there. How do I feel about it? I just feel I've been really into Buddhism lately, George. Let me tell you. Only the present moment exists. Uh, I don't know. I just um, I just kind of go by what feels right, to be honest with you. Like, sometimes mm. I will feel obligated to do that for somebody. And um, that depends a lot on the person, what it is we're talking about. I just try not to make a frame, framework okay. for certain things like this. Um, just because I feel like it's just best when it's left organic. I don't know. I feel like that's just, yeah, because with, um, with something like this, where it's kind of like, we're talking about reciprocal altruism, like almost always, I'm going to want to do that in my case. Um, cause, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, um, in general, in most cases, the, um, cost, um, cost benefit analysis kind of works out. Like I don't, I don't mind doing it too much for the most part. Okay. In general, we're talking about generally like small things. If it comes to like birthdays and stuff, I hate getting presents, like big presents, because mm. I'm so bad at giving gifts. So like, man, uh, one of my buddies, Corey, too <laughs> generous, man, too generous. So I think at least I think he's given me, well, definitely wow. one Hennessy bottle, maybe two or three. I don't even know, bro. Over maybe like the span of a few years. At least once for sure for my birthday. Dude, no, Hennessy's lit, bro. That's why. That's why. Um, but but by the way, have I you tried it yet? Have you so. gotten a chance to try it yet? No. Oh, n- next oh, time man. I'm over at someone's house and try next time. ask. I, I just can't be bothered to buy a whole bottle bro. for myself without ever trying it. That's, do, do, do they sell those tiny things? Well, what things? about when you go to a restaurant or something? No, they okay. don't sell them. No, not for Hennessy. No, um, yeah, no, I think your best bet, actually, yeah, I don't know, your best bet might be like a restaurant or something. Bro, you're trying to get me to, uh, like a bar or something. I'm not sure. Where they always upcharge alcohol a shit ton and buy a drink that's already expensive. Uh, (laughs) Well, I don't know where else you're going to drink Hennessy if you're not going to go buy a bottle. I'll go to someone's house who has it. I just, I'm not sure. Okay, I'll ask around. 
Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll go on Facebook and I'll That's be true. like, hey, <laughs> who in London, Ontario has Hennessy at their house for me to try? And I bet someone will say, oh, yo, come over. You know, like, if I really wanted to, <laughs> if I really wanted, I wouldn't go through that effort because I really just don't care about it. Do you actually think, do you actually think that would be the case? Do you oh, actually yeah. think if somebody you, would if respond? If you post it in some, like, group, like, someone will respond. Unless you're, like, a really? completely super sketch account, like... No, I know, but that just seems like just a specific re- request. Like, come drink Hennessy at your house or whatever. Yeah, but, or like, that I can I'll, try. I'll write it with a little bit more, like, know. you know, intrigue for them. I'll explain how my friend is hyping this up for <laughs> such a long time. But, like, man, I just can't be spending that money to get a whole-ass bottle for myself. So then, and then just like it's just one little just one little uh, one little drink bro if you already have it at your house come on man <laughs> <laughs> you should be a salesman bro holy I'm sold uh, well but like on the on the flip side when you do something for someone else like is there like how do you feel about like what if they don't do anything in return how would you feel not not saying like there is an expectation that someone uh, you know, if there is expectation, I would like to know about that too. But if, even if there isn't, how would you feel mm-hmm. if someone doesn't do anything in return? Um, okay. So I think for both things, it's just dependent on the scenario, right? Like, um, okay. Let me know if you think this is kind of like, a niche that's kind of like exempt from some sort of stuff. But what about like team sports? That's like a predetermined uh, agreement. It's almost like a contract. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's true. Like it's a collective goal that you decided together beforehand that that you're going to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is true. Mm. Well, I think uh, pretty much the same approach. In some cases, I, I just I'm assuming it would just be. I'm just guessing there's probably some scenario out there that I can't think mm-hmm. of off the top of my head right now, where it would be sort of expected, because surely there just has to be some scenario, right? Right. Uh, that's my view on it. Um, but in general, I'll just go case by case. Like, I'd say in general, I don't think that way. I don't do things for people expecting them to do things back for me. Like, I don't. I don't really mm. ever see it that way. If I do something for yeah. somebody, it's again because I want to mm. do that, like you said. Um, I don't because otherwise it's almost like, in a way, it's kind of like treating like mm. the person as like a function. Like you input something, and you're expecting like some output back or something. That seems a little bit weird to me. I would never mm. think of it that way. Um, but yeah, no. Again, it's you know, some people in thing. business schools think like that, and that's why no yeah. one likes them. <laughs> yeah. They were trying to get something from you. They don't want you talking to you because they want something from you. That's true. Mm. That's true, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a big part of why, yeah. You know what? Just in general, mm. I guess when you're feeling used, yeah. There's, uh, there's a, a lot of guys who do that with girls. 
Mm. Yeah, crazy. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, gold diggers who do that too. No. So yeah, manifest in many different ways, in, in different types of relationships, mm-hmm. in different situations. But the the, the concept behind it, right? With, like it's it's the same concept, really, the same deal happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very like, interesting. Uh, I, I I look at different kind of things that happen in different relationships and this is kind of like a, a, a thing that I just saw and I'm like how do I feel about it what is my approach and I don't know for for for, for a long time now I this this approach this percept, perspective just made sense to me right because the other thing like mm. a, a huge benefit of doing this as well it's just like if you one, like if you are actually expecting something in return, it is like what you're saying, and that that just feels, you know, I don't know, like an asshole type of move, right? To me, that different feels like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if uh, even if you're not looking at it like that, if you're always expecting something in return, you're leaving a lot of room for disappointment, right? Things are not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. People, yeah, you right. lower your ex- expectations. So, yeah, you're setting yourself up to being a situation that that you really, you know, you don't want to be in. So that's the other problem with having mm-hmm. these expectations of someone because you don't control them, and really, I don't think you want to control them. That's pretty fucked up, bro. <laughs> so that's that's the other like huge uh benefit yeah, of taking this approach and having this perspective when it comes to interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. that's so huge because so many people work themselves up over that so often mm-hmm. they have such low tolerance for people not right. living up to their yeah. expectations yeah. or they have unrealistic mm-hmm. expectations and it's just like mm-hmm. bruh insane you're giving yourself so much grief over something that, like mm-hmm. you said, you literally can't control. Man, crazy how the Stoics yeah. wrote everything. Well, not everything, but crazy how they um, you know, off so hard. Stoicism, so there's a lot of similarity with Buddhism. Yeah. There, uh, are, anyways. there are. Anyways, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. when we're talking about other people doing things for you and you feel like you owe them, Right. And this is like the other benefit mm-hmm. of, uh, of my approach. Like if, if you feel like you owe them, what it leads to is a lot of people pleasing. There's a lot of times when people do stuff for that reason. It's a, it's a people pleasing move. It's mm. a, oh, oh, I, I owe it to them to do this. And, and I get that. There's yeah, a toxic quality to it. I think I kind of get yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, there's kind of like something mm-hmm. disingenuous about it almost. It's like, it doesn't feel like they're doing it because they wanted to. It feels like they did it because it feels obligated to. It's almost like right, when I right. get gifts like mm-hmm. from Corey, like the Hennessy bottle. Like, I'm like, bro, that's ninety. That's yeah, a $92 you wanna... bottle, bro. <laughs> wink, wink. It's like, bro. <laughs> it's like, bro. Uh, yeah. But I feel bad about it because I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. now I got to go mm-hmm. find a present. 
I'm bad at giving presents because yeah. I'm just unoriginal. It's like, oh, just uh, give, give him back the bottle on his birthday. <laughs> I got this for you, man. I'd be so good but yeah like the, the other thing is like for for the people who are actually doing it who are just giving back because they feel like they owe it it takes so much out of their lives so much out of like the things that they have can, a yeah. deeper desire for because if they're doing this obviously for whatever reason there is a level of desire for it but ultimately, I just don't think people get that much out of it, um, at least compared to probably uh, other things in their life that they're probably working towards where they um, genuinely just really like and get a lot out of consistently. And when they feel like they owe someone something after those people do whatever for them and they so no, it just takes over their life. Oh, now I have to put in the time and effort to do this back and just say, okay, you have all these other things happening in your life. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're really gonna gonna you obviously just get less out of it. So that's that other toxic quality mm-hmm. of, of that type of behavior, in my opinion, because it just takes so much out of your life, unless you just don't really have people in your life would really do stuff for you then just like not as much of a problem because it just happens so infrequently you know but if you're actually just you know have friends and family have co-workers actually have a social life in in that sense and you have people who would do stuff for you for whatever reason probably because they like you and you have an existing relationship and you just feel obligated to do all these things for them, then you're gonna end up having, oh, that person did this for me, now I have to do that or whatever, and that, that kind of stack up, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden that, that that might take over your life in a sense. Yeah. That's very true though. A lot of people might, I, I could see that, okay. I'm not saying this is true for most people at all, I think it's probably not true for most people. It's probably just true for maybe a small minority, but there's probably some population of people that I guess just want to do it because that's how they might build relationships or feel Mm. that they maintain relationships. Maybe it gives them security in in those relationships in a sense almost. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing, but um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think that definitely exists. I also don't think it's like the most common, but it definitely exists in a certainly not sizable yeah. enough kind of. Uh, but there's a lot of people that like they they just give out shit to everybody. Yeah. It's like like you you don't know them all that well. They're not particularly close friends, but you get like oh mm-hmm. here's some cookies I baked or whatever. Here's some brownies I baked or whatever. I mean, I guess maybe sometimes it's just they felt like baking. Yeah. And they didn't feel like eating all of it or something, but. You know, there's some subsection of people that, like, yeah. just give out shit all the time. Because it's just, a, I don't know, a tactic for them to get people like right. more. Maybe they don't process it that way, but right. it's just, like, on a game theory level, that's probably yeah. what, where it yeah, comes yeah. from, right? I agree with that. Yeah. There is an aspect to that. 
No, just like, yeah, I guess it's just like proactive um, reciprocal mm-hmm. altruism. It's like those people who will, who will bring yeah. like, I don't know, gum or like mints in high school and then give it to everyone who asks or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Though, actually, I guess what I was trying to get at earlier was a little different. So oh, maybe not really. I don't know. Right. I think it depends how you look at it because, yeah, I think it. It's the same actions. It's just how you describe them kind of changes your frame of reference. It's like he's doing it because he wants to or because that's how he builds like relationships or he's doing that to gain favor in relationship from kind of like a reciprocal right. altruism kind of lens versus like just an altruism kind of lens. Or yeah, It could be a mix of all yeah. those things, right? Because... Some mm-hmm. of those things goes all the way back to childhood for sure, and and kind of like in the situation situation that you kind of grew, grew up in, the culture, the relationships that exists mm-hmm. uh, in your life in a younger age, and interactions that you've just had or seen happen in front of you around you. And this actually just goes back to the other thing that I bring up all the time, and that is not being a direct product of your environment. I think at this, uh, this you know, this era, I don't know, was like such easy access mm-hmm. to information. You could hear so many interesting perspectives. You have access to all those existing ideas and philosophies. You have all these ideas to, to neurochemistry and psychology and all these things. And then you could actually see different approaches, different perspectives, different ways of doing things. And... That could be from different cultures. That could be from certain individuals. It could be from a more kind of school of thought in general, either in an academic or religious setting. But regardless of like what that is, you get just exposed to all these ideas that you could start questioning okay, and identifying what you are doing, right? And what perhaps have caused that looking at the culture environment that you grew up in and seeing that, oh, there are all these other ways and some of these ways might benefit me more. And then you start imagining, okay, what are some other approaches? What are some ways of combining certain existing approaches? And then you you start not behaving in a way that is stereotypical of these groups that you belong to and the environment that you, you grew up in and where you currently exist in. You start figuring out stuff more about yourself and, and what you are actually thinking and what actually makes you feel how you want to feel and what really resonates with you and what actually benefits you and allow you to uh, get what, what you're trying to get, right? I, for example, like we were saying, don't want to people don't want to do people dirt, you know, but some people don't care about that at all. Yeah. They're, they're cutthroat, right? No mercy. Like oh, they're yeah. going to get something that uh, <laughs> they want and they just don't care at all for, for any other people around. Right. Whereas a part of my desire yeah. is to not do people dirt, right? That is, that is a part of me getting what I want. 
right?、Mm-hmm. Whereas them is only focused on that goal without any of these other desires that that involves these these other people or these other aspects of their life, and they're just down for that, right? There are people who are willing to just、uh, work all day because that's that's like that they get enough out of that. Either for the job themselves, or what the job is gonna get them to, or certain benefits、um, when it comes to maybe it's money, maybe it's like some kind of social status, maybe、uh, it's something else. But you know, that's like what they want. Whereas for someone else, they might want the free time to do something else as well. So, like a part of their desire. Part of their ultimate goal is to have that free time. So, in, in when they're grinding,、mm-hmm. what they're grinding for is to have time to chill. Like they're grinding to chill, right? Like that's that's、yeah. a part of them fighting to get what they want because what they want is that free time. So, so like you gotta look at it like that and identify and these things and really. Get nuanced and get kind of like niche、mm-hmm. down and really identify and recognize these little details. Because really, for each person, it's gonna be different. Whereas you just, if you look at someone from like、oh, yeah. who are stereotypical from like of their environment or whatever, who are seem to me as I would describe as like a direct product of their environment, like the way they will act is all very similar. It's all it's all the same stuff. Right. So yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and like I just refuse to believe that everyone is actually just like that. I think that comes from a lack of self-reflection and exposure to other other possibilities, and then really identifying what what would actually、mm-hmm. work better, and then it's gonna be a long. Ish, at least, and possibly difficult process to kind of start getting out of being exactly what someone would expect you to be, almost based on like the most basic aspects、mm-hmm. of where you grew up and what happened to you, or who you're friends with, or what what culture, what ethnicity, or whatever. Like those those kind of stereotypical things people might assume based on those most basic aspects of these identifiable i i identifying labels.、Mm-hmm. Man, that's、um, wow! That's crazy. That's a really good point because that whole time I was just thinking about just how much those, I guess,、uh, very single track kind of like.、Uh, People who have been like produced by their environment solely, and it's a、mm-hmm. very like closed off environment, and it's very,、um, I guess, small, in a sense, or maybe at least disconnected from the more,、mm-hmm. I guess, connected world, more isolated in a sense.、Um, their experiences are so different, right?、Mm-hmm. Like their day to day life,、uh, not just their, not even just day to day life, but just the way they experience life. Like if we put them in like the same scenarios and stuff,、exactly. like, they would experience it differently. They would have crazy, like the emotions would be totally different. Their thought process would be totally different.、Um, it was just like completely different. Yeah, and you have so many、It's、examples、insane. of that. Like、um, you have certain tribes who see 
mm-hmm. deceit and, and the ability to like fool someone, trick someone uh, as like a, a moral high ground, right? That's like, oh, that's so, they're so smart, right? Uh, they're, they're so good at surviving. They're, they're such, so, so strategic, right? There, there are cultures that could value that. There mm-hmm. are cultures where, uh, cheating is, is like the norm. Like there's ex- expectation that someone would cheating a relationship. Like not that it's a good thing, but it's like a normal and accepted thing that just always happens uh, as opposed to, uh, a different, a different culture where, where that is just like, bruh, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. frowned upon, right? There are like, uh, like day to day things when it comes to, you know, some of the stuff we've talked about in other episodes, like eating, right? Over here, food is not taken as seriously. In other places, people sit down. It's about community. It's about uh, like having time with friends and family and sitting down and just chilling and actually spending time together and enjoying the food. Whereas here, mm-hmm. like people don't not only like not eating together, but even what they eat, just like it's just whatever put together and they eat it. It's not, it's not so much. Mm-hmm. You care about the, yeah. the ingredients. You care about the process of cooking and how it tastes and how it looks. And it's just uh, seeing as more, more serious and bigger part of life, right? It could be stuff like when stuff happens, when you eat, when you sleep. And those are like things that, that could be normal or not normal, right? All of those, all those little things, as well as bigger um, phenomenons that exist in societies and cultures, all of those are going to be normal to some and very strange to others. And when you've only just kind of, especially mm-hmm. like you were saying, if you're in a close off one, it, it, could, it could be, it could be really rough. Like we've kind of brought up how I think in the masculinity episode about how I think it's that one it might be a different one, but it was about how some of the, some of the things that happen with, I don't know, fathers abandoning, abandoning their children or uh, being involved in gangs or, or I don't know, dropping out of school or whatever. Like some of those things exist a lot in specific neighborhoods and a lot of those people kind of stay in those neighborhoods, mm-hmm. right? And when that is so contained in a close-off thing, and that's what everyone there pretty much is just so exposed to since a young age, and that's pretty much all they've ever known, yeah. then then they can't, they can't really be changed because they don't know, like, the other possibilities and what else is, like, normal. And that they just don't believe, even when they first see it, that it's even a possibility for them. It's almost kind of accepted. Oh, that's someone else's life. That that's like not a thing here, right? So a part a part mm-hmm. of this is just coming, you know, figuring it out for yourself. Because it's really, if you don't believe it, it, it's never gonna happen. And that that's kind of like a separate issue, but it does tie into this. And mm-hmm. you don't even get to that point if you're not exposing yourself to these other other possibilities. Mm-hmm. I see. What do you think is it that would drive somebody to expose themselves to those ideas if they had, if they had like 
relative ease of access because a lot of people don't do that stuff even mm-hmm. though they have access to information or not they remain very closed off very much products in the environment like um in a sense like uh would you consider anti-vaxxers potential like potentially it's not maybe not all of them, yeah, because it's, people have different yeah. reasons right but i think there's a group of them like that, the, that, just that like the I, echo would, I would think would yeah yeah yeah, there's definitely an echo chamber. In them. Mm. Okay, yeah. Because like, mm. yeah, and then like another another thing I was thinking about too. Like, if we take somebody from like, uh, maybe not such an extreme example as like the tribes you were talking about, because those are like completely like they're out of here. It'd mm-hmm. be very difficult to assimilate um, a tribe's person who who's you know fifty, sixty year olds. Mm-hmm. Like, they would never be able to assimilate into mm. normal life. I don't think, right? Um, but then let's say you took somebody from maybe a more uh, contemporary area, but still very different. So like maybe somebody from, uh, let's take some right. random guy out of India, right? Um, we've met a variety because, like, you know, we live in um, BC, we live in Canada, mm-hmm. very multicultural. We've met a wide variety of international students. And I've always found it interesting how some of them... Um, not not assimilate but right. they just pick up on it faster or they expose themselves and get integrated a bit more so like i remember first year i met this one guy uh he's a friend of mine and when he came over super nice guy and i'm like oh, okay yeah international mm-hmm. student fits the bill his personality and like what i gathered about his character from when we spoke um all kind of aligned with a lot of the stereotypes okay. that i had of the place um which i don't i don't when I meet people, like, obviously I don't judge them based off of the stereotypes, but right. the stereotypes are just a thing. Just because I know of the stereotypes doesn't mean that I exactly. stereotype people yeah, when I see them. There's a huge difference you know I mean? there. Yeah, exactly. Big difference, big difference. Yeah. hundred percent. But then, uh, I saw him very scarcely mm-hmm. over the next few years, but I would still see him like at least once or twice every year. Um, so it was interesting seeing how his personality mm-hmm. would change over the years of him being here. Right. And who knows, obviously, uh, it's not like I have a control person back in <laughs> India letting me know maybe that would have just happened naturally. Uh, maybe that's mm-hmm. just how his uh, brain developed. But obviously, I think the easier explanation mm-hmm. is just that the environment was right. uh, changing him over time. Uh, or it might also just be the case that as I got more familiar with him, he just got more okay. comfortable being himself. I did meet him right when he came to Canada. Mm-hmm. So that might also be a factor. Um that would be good to consider. Um, but then other times I've met other people, uh, particularly if you think back to high school, there were kids who had been living in Canada for years and they struggled with rudimentary, like yeah. English. It's like, yo, I've been here for years, bro. You go to school here. Years. <laughs> <laughs> you go to school here. Yeah. I don't know. How? I don't understand. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and it's part of that is definitely, I noticed when I was younger, it's that it's because it is so multicultural that sometimes, uh, international students, Mm -hmm. it's more in high school, I think, um, in university, I think it depends on how social the person is more, but in high school, since it's so multicultural, um, a lot of the, I guess, more common groups. So like people coming from China mm-hmm. or people coming from India or something, they could form Korea. cliques or groups and carry on 
with their own language. And then obviously they wouldn't practice mm -hmm. their English as much. They wouldn't improve as fast. And then that would eventually show. And I noticed that first when I was in elementary mm -hmm. school, when I was a little guy, because, you know, I saw these other kids who had been there for a few years. And obviously I think it helps going from Spanish to English is probably easier than going from mm. Mandarin right. to English, yeah. I would assume, since you're already just familiar with the script. But to what extent that really makes a difference when you're so young, who knows? But either way, uh, I noticed that uh, whenever they had the chance, they mm -hmm. would be speaking in Chinese, uh, which made sense. They were comfortable. The little kids, they're just going to do what's easiest. They're not going to, if you got two kids who both know how to speak Chinese in a room, they're not going to force themselves to speak English right. just to practice it. For right? the most part. For the most part. Uh, unless you have, yeah, exactly. Uh, except in class when the teachers would be reminding them like, oh, we speak yeah. English in the classroom or whatever. Um, just so that all the other kids could understand because, mm -hmm. you know, it's like little kids, right? Um, but then I was just shocked because I got so much better than them so fast because I had no right. kids to speak Spanish to at all. I had to fend yeah. for myself out there. So, yeah. Um, I just found it interesting how you can have two people who both have that same experience mm -hmm. of being like an immigrant here. And like we mentioned, there's some like context that's kind of important. But what do you think might... Do you think there's something inherent about the person that would make them more predisposed think, to being one or the other? Obviously, I think the way you're wired is always going to be a, be a factor. But I also think mm -hmm. a couple of things that came to my mind right away is one, how quickly and how deeply our values integrated into you, right? It, it, like it. Mm-hmm. If it's I was thinking about if, that earlier too. If some of those like kind of like that. beliefs, valid core values really just get in your head and, and you identify with them really strongly, like since a very young age, that's gonna be very difficult to shake off or even want anything to change because you already have those things being associated with yourself so, so strongly, right? That's that's gonna be a factor. I know that for mm -hmm. me, like I've when I was a kid, like whatever even super young, like there were just a lot of things I never associated myself with when it came to Chinese culture or whatever. So while I was exposed to other cultures, it was much easier for me to, I don't know. Yeah, it's more of like a exactly. Almost. Right. Cause like kind that was of, never really me where that huge part of me to begin with. It's kind of like what we talked about earlier with uh, how some people do things just to, just because mm -hmm. that's part of their self image almost. You didn't really adopt that into your self-image. You just kind of adapted to whatever yeah. situation you were in, I guess. Or you never really just resonated yeah, with that one, exactly. I guess. And then the other huge yeah. thing that came into my mind is complacency. And that's one of the things that in one of the, our very first episodes when we were talking about like the biggest problems in Canada, I've said. And really, mm -hmm. like, if they are in a closed off kind of environment where... They are just certain shared collective values, identities, behaviors, lifestyles, whatever. And for them specifically, it's working out fine enough, right? It's like okay enough mm -hmm. that they... Yeah, their social means are being that. They have right? like a circle. Like in, yeah. It never gets to a point where they're like, oh... Like I, I gotta do something or expose myself to other things and look for ways out, look for possibilities and, and actually actually do that. Even yeah. though like we're talking about like it is super benefit 
it's beneficial for people to do that because very few people are going to have those things lined up so directly with like the stereotypes pretty much uh, of the environment that, that they came from. Like very few people, a lot of people are going to mm-hmm. actually just complain about certain things that they don't fully like and they'll admit that's a problem. But then at the same time, they're not, they're either not looking at the other ways of doing it or they don't see that as like a real possibility or they're just not really taking the time to change because of backlash or whatever. And that also just ties back into the main thing we're talking yeah, about could this be like episode a million reasons. Uh, with, um, you know, interpersonal connections and the stuff you do for other people and the stuff other people do for you and how you feel in each situation. Right. When everyone's behaving a certain way, similar to what we're talking about with that, there is a lot of time, a huge social pressure to conform to that. And when you're in a close-up situation, everyone's like that. Everyone's always been like that. You also just get, and I think we brought this up as well. And I think it's super important to bring up again. You get people who will be like, you think you're better than me? You think you're too good for, for this place? Like, 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 like you've seen that, like you've seen that like in, in communities. And so it's like, man, come on, haters. Mm, like people, wait, wait, like people who, um, who, who try, like people, people who, who try to like recognize some of the problems that exist. People who are aware of like all the stereotypes that, that exist in their thing. And they have these other things that they want. They recognize the possibility, possibilities and they're actually trying some of them for themselves. And then you have other people in the community who kind of hate on them for not fully conforming into it. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what I exactly. would want to So you have people yeah. who be, Oh, okay. uh, yeah. You know, people from here don't, like people from here, I don't know, don't don't play, don't end up playing professional sports. Why are you even trying that, right? Or like you're uh, mm. you're you're trying to go to university, like you think you're better than us, right? <laughs> like oh, you're trying to move somewhere, like that, you know, you're trying to move somewhere there, but oh, you think you're too good for this place? It's like man, like. They're recognizing some of those things these other opportunities offer them and and they're trying, right? They're they're going after. So you do have all of these things that also kind of push back on that. And really Mm -hmm. tying it back to our main conversation again, sometimes it's not an individual person, but like a community. Because a community does offer certain things to people for sure. And when the community does something for you or offers something to you where you know that it's given something to you. And like some people feel like they owe the community, right? They feel like they have to give something back to the culture. There's an obligation for those Mm -hmm. things, right? Whereas other people don't. And some people might get hate for, for not, but you know, like, if you want to, if you see a way that makes sense for you and your personal desires, like, I, I, I get that. But if you just feel like you straight up owe it and the obligation, then I'm like, 
I don't know, man. I feel like there could be more det- detriment to the to this decision for you personally. Hmm. I see. Yeah. Um, would you would you feel like if you were rich? Would you feel like I don't know building something for 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 the South Surawarak area? Would you feel like doing something for SFU or Semiamu? Oh, yeah. oh, that's a good question. So that's kind of like a part of the idea of what I'm talking about with with, with the, what we're talking about, but to a larger sense when it comes to a community. Mm, I've definitely thought about not helping out necessarily the, um, the institutions themselves, but definitely the individuals mm. in those institutions who have helped me. So like, for example, there's a couple teachers that I'm quite fond of just cause they, I don't know. They were just very, they, they mm-hmm. had strong impressions on me usually. So when I noticed something about them or, or they, they sparked something like my grade seven mm-hmm. teacher, like I love them. He was so awesome. He, he really got me started yeah. on STEM. Like even before that, I didn't really see it, see it as a possibility. I was kind of like into like the periodic the table one that you have on stuff. Wall. <laughs> but beyond that, I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't really until I was in grade seven that everything kind of opened up and I saw like, for example, that's where my interest in archaeology started, yeah. my interest in history, just like that's where everything just kind of took off. Inspire you to me. go to MIT. As far as like big interest goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did not realize, bro, MIT is scam, bro. Scam. <laughs> not really. But um, not worth, bro. Not worth. I'm not slaving away in high school. I go to MIT. No shot. No shot. But yeah. Uh, so I have thought about doing stuff like that, but mm-hmm. not for like the school or the community yeah. as a whole, I suppose. I know yeah, for um, me. Oh. Well, maybe for the community, I guess it depends exactly okay. how rich I'm talking. Because, like, we're talking like yeah. crazy, crazy rich, like unbelievably rich. Then what you do is you buy real estate in the community and then you invest in the community. The community gets better, property value goes up. All right. Okay. That is a different it. scenario than what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about like is there mean? like a, do, do you feel like you are obligated to give back to the community if, okay if well, you hold on what if are capable listen listen hear me hear me out hear me out what if what if i got rich by doing regular real estate investments in the community therefore i am rich ah, because okay. of the community and then if you're obligated to give back to the community so, so you're saying in that scenario that's how you would feel and, then, and that's what you would do <laughs> I am, dude, I'm investing myself and the community. I am ah, the community. I, I own the community. There you go. Yeah, I own the community. I won Monopoly, guys. I got all the pieces. Uh, Thank me later. Because uh, uh, you know how some people are like, oh, I would, I would never be here without, if it weren't for whatever, whatever, whatever. And then, like, they'll make donations or mm-hmm. build whatever or just give back in some kind of way. And a part of that is like, 
sometimes it's because they they just straight up feel like oh i have to like once i'm able to i have to right then you have other people who are just really grateful and thankful and not saying those other people aren't grateful or thankful uh, but like there is like a other thing that that just like when they feel like you have to do something like there there is something there right there's something i can't really quite describe it but there's just something else that's also there Whereas, it, because mm-hmm. oh yeah, now I'm able to. Looking back, I think I want to. I want to do this. I don't feel obligated at all to do this, but I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be a nice gesture. They have done so much for me. Now that I'm in a place where I can, I, I want to show my gratitude. Right? Like, like that's a different thing than be like, yeah, man, I, I have to do this. You know. Like those are two different situations, two different feelings, mm, two yeah. different kind of motivations. The, all right. But That's being thankful and being grateful could exist in both situations. But yeah, no. yeah, yeah, that's also true. Yeah, I guess if we're phrasing it like that, I, yeah, I wouldn't really say mm. obligated, I guess. I guess it is more of a desire for me too as well, even for the individuals right. I was talking about. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, you know, if I can, I probably yeah. would like donate to uh, the Samyamo Music Society, uh, the Jasmine program, really, really mm, yeah, great. Yeah, because that, really that had great. a big impact on you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, music education, underrated. Helps you all so much. Helps you being a community, you know, playing a band together, have your own role on a true. team like that, being dependent on for that. Because if you mess up, everyone knows. The, the whole thing isn't going to be the same <laughs> if uh, one person messes up very obviously and the whole thing isn't going to be as good if your part isn't you know as good so all of that and then going to trips together all of that super super impactful and the fact that they are the ones who offer it and they're the ones who you're you know doing it with all of that really just builds relationship and have this memory of that you're really fond of and you kind of see how that in various ways have shaped you and in a situation where i have those kind of disposable income and i'm and the and the program's still going uh, i could see myself you know making some level <laughs> of donation depending on how much money i have and that would be straight out of uh, my desire and fondness of the program as opposed to be like i owe it to them but that's also because it's not like I became like a professional musician that is literally, you know, like, like there's just no possible way of looking at it where I owe them. So that's like not the best example where some other example, just like very obvious. Oh, you yeah. literally just can't possibly be here without that. Like over there, like I can understand why they might think and feel like they owe them. I would still be like, okay, I wouldn't take that approach. I wouldn't necessarily feel that way myself, but I could at least understand it. Like in this situation I'm talking about with me, like there's just mm-hmm. no way of looking at it to be like, oh yeah, he, he, he just owes them, man. So, so it's not the best way yeah, to kind of no, illustrate it. the point we're talking about, but it is still a little bit of like a, a personal example. Yeah. But you could imagine how it could be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's good um, but I think that kind of ties up the conversation nicely yeah. I think like, we've covered a lot yeah. of really really yeah, great points a lot of very interesting things a lot of people aren't really talking about and relating it to actual you know 
our own experiences and some of the academic stuff that we've had experience with. Yeah, I don't think there's anything I want to add. So if there isn't anything you want to add either, we could finish off with highlights of the week. No. Any no. highlights? Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll start my highlight. Uh, I accidentally factory right. reset my phone. You mentioned that. So that was a hoot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was swapping out the mm-hmm. old SIM card. But I wanted to mm. transfer the number over. But unfortunately, during the process of swapping out the SIM card, uh, the Bixby button and the power button were held down, which apparently turns the phone into a, like a, I, I don't know what the name for it is, but it right. starts the phone up, but it doesn't put it into like the regular mm. mode that it goes into. It's basically just like a black screen with just a few bit, well, not big, few like just text it looks really raw like it it doesn't look like an actual display like i'll try to send you a picture later so you can see what i'm talking about but uh it looks more of like a terminal window than anything else yeah you're familiar Uh, with a little bit Uh, yeah yeah but it's like a terminal window with like a few buttons or something right or a few options to select from like imagine an old computer where you could go through the menus with the uh before mouses you had to go through the menus with uh, the arrow keys basically what it was you have to go up and down using the volume keys and to select you have to use the power (laughs) key now here's where it all went wrong so i see that this happens i'm like wait what is this right i take a gander and i see a bunch of options and my first instinct is to just i don't know press something right uh so i press like the volume key and i see like the thing moves because i read like volume key moves the thing up and down i'm like okay i'll move thing up and down uh power button yeah uh selects right so i'm like okay uh let me try let me see what happens when i do that so i, I move it up and down i see the thing that selects it moves up and down i press the power button just to see what uh-huh. happens when i select something and it opens up another screen with more information and like a little okay like yes and no button right uh and then i'm like wait a second can i go back so to go back i try pressing the volume key or whatever or something along those lines i press the volume okay. key once and that toggles the selection and i'm like oh i'm tired of this let me just get to my phone right so i try i try turning it off by holding the power button (laughs) but by doing that i just confirmed my selection which was factory reset yes but i didn't know it uh and i had vaguely read something about how it would start the phone up and let you back up something i'm like why the fuck would i need to back something up right so either way, when that happened, I'm immediately like, wait a second, did I press something wrong? And my phone turns on, it works fine. I'm like, oh, no notifications, no nothing that would uh, alert me to something mm-hmm. gone awry. And I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess it worked. I guess I turned my phone on. I go about my business. No less than 10 minutes later, I am in utter shock and horror. As my phone turns off with a big screen saying factory resetting. And I'm like, yo, are you kidding me? I tried holding on the power button. I tried everything. I couldn't stop it, bro. I lost so much, bro. I lost all my pictures Mm. that I personally took of um, my dog. That's kind of the biggest one. Those, that's kind of a bummer that I lost those, but it is what it is. I did save those files to my computer and managed to get them back. But, but no, (laughs) it's not okay. For whatever reason, I had apps. I had apps installed on my SD card. This is the second biggest huh. failure, okay? 
since I had apps yeah. installed on my SD card, I guess for the apps to be able to run off of the SD card, I'm, I, I think this is a re- yeah, I think this is the case. I think this is why. But I had my SD card encrypted, George. It was encrypted. So when I factory reset the phone, I could kiss goodbye to the encryption keys. Therefore, I can no longer access these files. Like I have them, but the the information cannot rough, be read. Man. At all, like there's no chance. Not even U.S. government can crack it. Like it's crazy. <laughs> can you say that for I, certainty? I found out so much about cybersecurity. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. They attacked. I yeah. My buddy Kevin was telling me like they uh they they don't bother like they can't brute force it. They can't get mm-hmm. through the encryption any other how. So the only other way they get to it is by finding other oh, okay. flaws in the security. Okay. Like installing a keylogger remotely or something like that or something like that. But one way or another, they need to get the encryption keys to get through the encryption. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's a highlight? Yeah. That's a highlight? So, yeah. I, that's, <laughs> I mean, I guess light. it's the low light now. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I I still have those files saved of my dog, even though there's, like, no mm. chance of decrypting them. Someday, bro, quantum no. computers are going to come. And I'll have my pictures mm-hmm. back someday. This sounds yeah. like a quest. But it was kind of nice though. Uh, my phone battery lasts longer now. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. I have plenty of storage now. No need to worry about storage space. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, it's kind of nice. I think. I think if more people factory reset their phones... They would keep their phones for longer. Yeah. I really think that. Especially if you uh, have backups mm-hmm. like I didn't. Because if you go through and you back up things that you really just mm-hmm. specifically want and you only back up things intentionally or only select folders that you know for a fact that you're going to want later on, then... Yeah, I think you're fine because that's one of the other things too that kind of surprised me. Is that despite having lost so much, I can only really think of a handful of right. things that actually mattered. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like the dog pictures and the training footage. That's really it. Because yeah. I just can't replace those. Everything yeah. else is like whatever. I think mm-hmm. people also just replace phones pretty frequently regardless. <laughs> it's, it's more of a consumerism thing. Whatever. I don't know. Well, I feel like, is that still true, though? Is I don't know still if it's true? still I mean, true, but the last few years, it was true. It's not as true as it used to be. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what exactly is happening right now, because inflation, pandemic, a, a like lot of weird things happened recently. Yeah. So, maybe. Maybe it's not as true. I could definitely believe that. But it's been pretty true. Because, I mean, back in the day, back in the day, like... um even back when we were first starting high school and like Mm. in elementary school, the differences in between a phone generation to the next and then the Mm -hmm. next one after that one, it was like crazy. It was like, it's what you might expect back in the day. That, that was our idea of like the next generation phone is going to have such a big jump or whatever. And then it's just been like consistently kind of slowing down, you know, like, um, I haven't had too much experience with the newest phones, Obviously, so I'm not really sure how my 
a phone from like 2018 stacks up to phones now. Holy yeah. shit, my phone's almost five years. Oh my god, that's actually crazy. I've been getting, um, but I'd imagine I'm on my third phone ever, and it's been like a what mm-hmm. five year gap pretty much. I would say four and a half year, four and a half year gap between phones. Almost exactly four and a half years mm-hmm. between between uh, each of my phones. Um, very That's consistent. consistent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when did you have end your first of phone, grade then? seven. Wow, we've probably had pretty yeah. much close to the same timeline. And then I got. Yeah. Though I think maybe I had my S6 for a bit longer. Yeah, my S6. Oh man, I had that thing for ages. Yeah. Probably close to yeah, yeah. No, I had that thing for four years because I didn't get my S9 until the end of. Oh, but then you know what? I had the Sony Xperia. Sony Xperia. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Oh man, fun times. I think. uh, I think I've had that and brought that to Cuba because I didn't want to bring my actual phone since like my parents got like free mm. phones from like the their provider but they were actually using iPhones so they just had these these phones for like no purpose oh and I just took one and was using <laughs> it a little bit as like a non what stemmed phone so you could do everything with the internet Exactly. Yeah, like an iPod and Touch, pretty much. Except no yeah. one uses iPods anymore, though, so they don't want to use that reference. No. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's okay. Fair. Well, for my highlight, I would say that. Hmm. Well, a couple of things actually. One, for one of my courses, I'm doing this content marketing assignment, and I partner with someone really cool. Uh, Lost Cycle. It's a uh, rhythm cycling spin class type of a boutique gym here in London. Very, very cool Mm -hmm. business. And I was talking to the owner and she seems awesome. Love her energy. And I think it's going to be a really good project. A part of like a big part of this is literally like who who you're working with slash for and what type of stuff you're going to be doing for them. And so far from everything that we I've, I've looked at that we've talked about, it seems like it's going to be an awesome project. And then the other highlight, uh, I might as well just bring up now, even though we're probably going to record more since we're behind. So I don't know what I'll say for those, uh, those, but then again, we might not find time together until I don't know when it's kind of rough. Everyone's so busy and have different schedules. But yeah, the, the other highlight I'll just bring up now mm-hmm. is that I am starting a part-time job here. I am, I am going to be uh, working part-time as the, what is a position called? Marketing communication specialist. I think that's uh, that's what we're calling it. At, um, oh, for the okay. Faculty of Engineering here at yeah. Western, there's a new graduate diploma program that's coming, uh, starting in the fall. And it's going to be online. It's going to be uh, enrolling new people every every semester. And it's interdisciplinary across four faculties. And it's uh, about climate risks. 
So it's a oh. super interesting program that that's happening. And I am, you know, just so glad, so fortunate that I can actually be a part of the launch of the program. So I'll be doing like promotional kind of making the promotional content for them. I'll be kind of developing the strategy and the plan for, for, for it. So right now, the first thing I'll be doing, well, the first, the real first thing I'll be doing is really looking through the details of the program and looking at some of the marketing research that they got this firm to do. So I could actually do my job properly and effectively. And, but then the first actual thing I'll be having to put out is uh, the website. So once I do that, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be seeing my, my own work on a university webpage and that's going to be pretty cool. So love, love yeah, that. Be awesome. Love that big highlight for sure. But it's a lot of work. Well, in itself, it's not, but on top of everything mm -hmm. else, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so highlight mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. Um, uh, I think that's everything. So I think that's going to be it from us. Yeah. We will be back as soon as uh, we can find time together again. Thank you for listening. <laughs>